0: This week on the Mic Drop, the 2026 FIFA World Cup is coming to Dallas-Fort Worth, and we break it all down. Soccer journalist Steve Davis tells us what it means for the region and the country. He predicts not just the typical quadrennial bump that comes from World Cup, but a super bump. He also praises Monica for making sure there were no holes in the Dallas bid, and also gives a few tips for non-soccer fans to get in the spirit and get ready. Then, Eric Mora of Telemundo 39 describes his experience covering the 2018 World Cup and how something magical happens in the stadium that unites people from all around the world at every World Cup. But first, we begin with a conversation with our own Monica Paul, who so skillfully and passionately led the winning bid effort. So let's drop the mic and let's go. Welcome to the Mic Drop, everybody, the official podcast of the Dallas Sports Commission. Kevin Sullivan here, joined by Dallas Sports Commission Executive Director Monica Paul, also with us, of course, Next Level Marcus Carr. Thanks for listening, everybody, and following. It's episode 68, which makes me think of Rangers number 68, relief pitcher Joe Barlow. So go Rangers. Uh, Monica, normally we uh, I ask you what's happening at the Dallas Sports Commission as we as we begin the show, but we know what's happening at the Dallas sports commission following the epic news on June 16th, that FIFA world cup is coming to Dallas in 2026. So Marcus and I are going to turn the tables this week and we're going to have a conversation with you about that. Just a couple of quick notes. 16 cities were selected 10 in the U S also Houston, Atlanta, Boston, Kansas city, LA, Miami, New York slash New Jersey, Philly, San Francisco, and Seattle, uh, I guess Monica, just tell us what you what it was like. What what came over you in that moment uh, on June 16th at AT and T Discovery Plaza when you heard the words that Dallas Fort Worth was named as a host city?
1: Well, first, if I can make it through this without uh, getting emotional, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a first. But um, you know, I think relief. Well, obviously, very very excited to finally see your name on there you you think for so long that you know your name deserves to be on there and it should be on there but until you see it in writing it's a little bit hard to you know get over overly excited but um you know I think we we went in confident that uh we we knew what we had to offer we know what type of destination a sports city we are we know what what the type of assets and stadiums and facilities that we had so it was just finally um nice to see it up there and I think I still wake up every day you know it's been a few days now uh it, it still wake up of like did this really happen did do we do we finally know that we're a host city after waiting for so long to 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 figure it out I, I will tell you a little funny story though um it, we did have some nerves going in that morning of June 16th uh, obviously uh, this Tony Faye PR team had, had me up doing interviews at 5 a.m. I almost didn't make a few of them. but um, You're not a morning person. I, I'm not a morning person, and uh, those 5 a.m.s are hard for me, um, even with wake-up calls that I, I didn't hear. But, uh, you know, we're we're sitting out there getting ready. We know it's going to be a long day, and uh, FIFA actually starts to to tweet some stuff, and they have a map that's out there. And their intention is a map of here are all of the potential host cities for the World Cup in 2026. Well, I get this text message right as I'm about to go into this interview and they're like, Monica, do you think we should alert FIFA? And I look at this map and every host city is on this map except for Dallas. And my heart, I like almost stops. Obviously, we've contacted FIFA. They fixed it. They reissued a new map. But it really plays a a, a few tricks on your mind of uh, thinking that, okay, I'm about to be named a host city here, you know, in six hours or eight hours down the road. And uh, (laughs) we're not on the preliminary map. So obviously uh, an error that uh, got overlooked, but uh, it it was fixed and we're a host city. So on, on to the next steps now
0: you've been on the case working on this with passion and dedication since 2017. I know you've got some thank yous that you want to state and some, some, some teams and some individuals that you want to recognize for the role that they played.
1: Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, this takes so many people to, to get us to this level. People, a lot of people don't realize what has to happen behind the scenes and, and, uh, you know, first you've got to sell here locally of the benefit of a of a World Cup. So, you know, without the the city of Dallas, without the city of Arlington, Fort Worth, Frisco, all understanding and believing in the benefits of this World Cup, not only the economic impact, um, you know, profiles and tax benefits and and money that that a World Cup can generate for this entire region, um, you know, the other benefits as well, and. Uh, to, to stand up and you know sign those host city agreements uh, four or so years ago to put us in this position is is important. Um, yeah, obviously, Dan Hunt and and FC Dallas and and uh, what they bring to the table and assisting us with with this bid and really uh, getting us on a trajectory to to to, to be successful. Um, and and really being the, the our soccer edge there, uh, in terms of what that means, and obviously Dan Hunt with what his, what Lamar Hunt his father was uh, for sports in general, for soccer specific, uh, but then also as a co-chair of our, our World Cup in 1994, I think for for me is very special to work with Dan, and I know it's very special for him to be involved in this, um, AT&T Stadium and, the Jones family and. And Delaney and, and the team that works there, Todd, um, they're, they're great partners of ours and uh, always continue to be. And uh, the good thing with being one of the best things for me and being able to work with um, a lot of people in, in putting this bid together is we have the same expectations of excellence and the goals and how to achieve them. And so it, it's comfort for me because I I get to work with great people. Not only are we putting our best foot forward in the bid, but we're also going to be able to deliver on that. And I have total trust in them uh, and being able to do that. Uh, Our airports, uh, DFW Airport, Dallas Love Field, uh, and and what they were able to come together, North Texas Soccer Association, uh, and our entire soccer community, uh, my Dallas Sports Commission staff uh, you know I've already mentioned in previous episodes uh, we have 85 events a year this year or this year um, and this is obviously a big one and, and one of the most important ones but we have other things that uh, we have to make equally uh, as important uh, or on the list and equally as successful and have a few you know five-star experiences and excellence and all of those so um, it's been a load on an uh, on additional load on a lot of people. Uh, our human rights team uh, that put together this plan uh, for us—I mean, I, that's not my expertise—but really, truly powerful and inspirational in terms of uh, the city representation, the leaders in certain nonprofits, all the way from human and sex trafficking to homelessness to labor rights to migrant rights to lgbtq plus and the passion that each of those groups bring but then being able to pair that together and truly be able to put a plan together that we think we can execute over these four years um, you know that just doesn't come together overnight so our training venues our base camps that uh, even not only from a world cup but leading up to it um and, and what they've had to do with These national teams, whether it be for MEX tour or these international friendlies that come in, uh, and being, and the plans that, you know, are put together, put forth for, uh, um, future events, uh, very important, uh, Fair Park International Broadcast Center. We're not done with that yet. That's, uh, you know, uh, our next opportunity there in the engineers and architects and, The master plan and Fair Park first of what they're putting together. I mean, my list goes on and on and on. I I tell people all the time that I'm the one that gets up there, you know, sometimes in the spotlight that gets to talk about all these things, but you couldn't imagine the number of people that are are behind me there, um, you know, pushing forward and really putting the plan together.
0: Dan Hunt said uh, at the announcement that the economic impact could be in the billions, for our region, and one of the things that our listeners may not be aware of is, in addition to the games that will take place, however many we end up getting, national teams also can can make Dallas-Fort Worth their base camp, which also obviously adds to the economic impact and the and the experience that local residents can have attaching to to these teams that set up shop here, no matter where the games are uh, that they'll be playing around the country. Talk a little bit about about the base camp. Uh, part of this and how that fits into the impact
1: so yeah so this is a great opportunity in addition to the matches that that we have that you know we'll be hosting uh but we have 11 uh i think training venues slash base camps and basically what a base camp is is a a national team that'll be participating in the world cup will get assigned or selects a base camp of where they want to come and train 100% of the time. Even if they may be playing a match in Kansas City or LA, uh, they'll be you know training, let's say here in Dallas, hopefully, uh, at their assigned base camp. Then for the, the match, they fly to Kansas City or LA to do their match, and then they come back. So there's a lot more economic impact, obviously, that's involved in that. So that could be an entire buyout of a, of a hotel. That could be you know, if it's dorms or, you know, other living facilities. But uh, um, th- these teams come in and uh, spend some money. I mean, they'll, they'll retrofit, uh, totally outfit, renovate um, months in advance of what they want their base camp to look like. So uh, this is a, a true opportunity for many cities within our region that, ho- that have these base camps and have these premier soccer facilities to host uh, uh, a national team for a year to or a month to two months, you know, pre world cup.
2: Monica immediately after the announcement, uh, you know, you and, and Dan hunt and and the team, you know, went to New York for the meetings. Well, while you're at the meetings, uh, FIFA president said by 2026, soccer will be the most popular sport in the States, uh for one, what happens next after those meetings and and what do you think of of that statement?
1: Well, I'll tell you what we learned at the meetings in in New York. Uh, You know, we still uncertain in terms of number of matches and level of matches. We probably won't know that. Earliest case scenario is middle of 2023, um, but could go all the way into 2024 at some point. Uh, obviously, we would like to know sooner than later. That has a, a lot of effects from budget standpoint, infrastructure standpoint, uh, you know, really next steps of fundraising uh, opportunities that we have. Uh, uh, FIFA did l- let us know that there will be an observer program in Qatar where three members of our, our delegation get to go and observe uh, what a World Cup is, how, how it operates, how it may be different than other major events that we've hosted in the past. So we'll definitely uh, want to take uh, FIFA up on, on that opportunity. Um, they w- kind of went over some additional uh, commercial rights. So as part of our agreement and, and, uh, and contract, um, we have obviously X number of tickets for uh, that we can then package and, and help with our fundraising efforts to be able to pay for, you know, the expenses that hosting a World Cup comes with. Uh, there's, you know, various mechanisms that we have, but it doesn't mean that we still aren't going to have to raise money. And so there'll be different opportunities there. There's a donor program that we'll be uh, unveiling um, in 2023. Um we talked a little bit about there should be site visits actually are already uh, being planned for July and August uh, of all of our base camps, training venues, matching them up with the appropriate hotels uh, hotels and accommodations, ensuring that, that that we have enough contracted um, or kind of a next step. Uh, we have a, a, another site visit over at AT&T Stadium, probably in the August-September time period. Um, international broadcast center uh, we're hoping for an announcement or a decision there by the end of december uh you know a lot of things that's that's a pivotal decision there at uh, for fair park as it relates to uh Bremer bills very important in terms of infrastructure improvements that are needed that'll be known in in november um once that vote takes place uh so FIFA making that decision shortly thereafter or in the December time period still allows uh, that International Broadcast Center crew to, to make it over to Qatar to see that. Uh, so a lot of different things. And I, I think really one of the next steps that we have um, coming up is the formation of our host committee. Uh, so we've had a bid committee that has obviously gotten the World Cup here. Now it's really uh, contractually setting up what that host committee looks like, and we need to have that in uh in effect, uh, by January of 2023. So that'll kind of be our next focus, and then you'll see additional staffing, and you'll see uh, fundraising uh, campaigns come out, and you'll see things start to happen here over the next three to four years as we prepare for actually hosting a World Cup. It's no longer just a, a bid opportunity. And in terms of the the, the, the comment about the s- sport of soccer and, and the growth there, I mean... I. <laughs> I've been amazed at the passion of everyone and the outpouring of everyone uh about how excited that they, they are that we're hosting a World Cup people that aren't even soccer fans um so I think the fact that we're already touching people who aren't soccer fans or aren't uh intimately involved in the sport of soccer um maybe you're a traditional you know football fan American football fan um we're already making that impact now, and they haven't even seen what's yet to come. I do think that uh, the overall growth, all the way from youth, all the way to just spectator and general fan, is gonna, is it's gonna be transformational. I think this this World Cup in in, in the United States, hopefully here in, in the DFW area as well.
0: Well, Monica, it sounds like the work is just beginning. So hopefully you'll get some rest. <laughs> all.
1: All of us are grateful to
0: you. We admire your passion, your talent, your skill, your heart, and, and just, just, just congratulations. And take a moment when you can to reflect on sort of what you've helped, uh, deliver here for, for our region.
1: I have to tell you something, Sully. I, you know, we were very, very excited obviously from the announcement and then, uh, we immediately headed head to New York on Sunday and, you know, still very, very excited, celebrating, and then you sit down in those meetings, and you're sitting there, and you're like, "Okay, this is real. The train is on the track, and it's coming uh, pretty fast at you." So now it's like, "Okay, it's time to get get in gear here and get into a different operational mode uh, in terms of being able to execute this." We still have some sales stuff. Uh, Don't get me wrong. We still have to get that final and add some other stuff. But it's uh, for me, I'm like, okay, now we have to deliver on these promises.
0: Well, we're going to follow the story week in and week out here on the Mic Drop. And we're going to continue this conversation with soccer journalists, Steve Davis and Eric Moore coming up more on this week's Mic Drop, fully devoted to the announcement that the 2026 FIFA World Cup is headed to North Texas. But first, over to Rachel with a word from one of our sponsors. The Perot Museum of Nature and Science plays a vital role in preparing the most talented and diverse STEM workforce of tomorrow right here in Dallas. Become a member today and enjoy free admission and other valuable benefits to support this nonprofit landmark. Visit perotmuseum.org for more information. Thanks, Rachel. And now it's a pleasure to welcome back to the Mic Drop our friend Steve Davis, the Soccer journalist, broadcaster, and I would say the definitive observer of the local soccer scene for, um, I won't say how many decades, but a long time. <laughs> he also carries Mark Folliwell on every broadcast of mm. FC Dallas. Mm. Uh, we say the same thing when Gina Miller comes on, Steve, that she carries Mark Followwell. It's a little bit of a mic drop inside joke, I guess. But sure. thanks so much for coming back on uh, to talk all things 2026 FIFA World Cup.
2: Uh, Appreciate it, man. That's uh, always good
1: to see you, Sully, and uh, good to be here. So, Steve, uh, the 1994 World Cup obviously meant a lot uh, to soccer, both locally and with the launch of uh, MLS. What do you think, now that we know we're officially a host city, um, Yay. What, what do you think having the World Cup here in 2026 uh, really means for North Texas? What was that uh, announcement? uh last week what's that real meaning there
2: well i think what happens monica is that soccer believe me i've seen it as as you know your co-host has uh uh deemed to point out for decades now thank, thank you for that uh so what happens is that soccer sort of rises gradually right gradually 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 uh in terms of uh cultural heft uh in terms of uh just local awareness national awareness uh, in terms. Of participation but what happens in a world cup is that you see a, a big spike in that so it so that that gradual rise if you were to chart it you know you'd see a little you'd see a nice little bump there um and, and with that you know you get a bump in uh tv numbers and sponsorships and of course again participation and and um uh people who are just interested in in watching soccer at the professional level so and they all sort of play off each other and it, and it makes that bump uh, even a little long uh, even a little larger i think you saw that in you know go back to 2010 world cup and 2014 and 2018 even though even though the united states wasn't involved so now you add on the fact that it's going to be in the united states and i think that and that that quadrennial world cup bump becomes a super bump if that if that makes any sense that that's a word i just made up um and i think you'll really see more people just uh, if they don't like soccer, they'll accept it. If they, if they like soccer, they will love it. Uh, I, I think World Cup bumps mean everything to the development of the sport. And this 2026, this is locally and nationally, um, it, it'll, it'll just mean everything in terms of really supercharging the development of, of the game.
1: So, Steve, I know that, you know, this is a men's World Cup. Uh, there's been some mission, uh, mentioning of, okay, well, next steps is we've got to go secure a women's World Cup. And I'm like, okay, Absolutely. first off, let us breathe here a little bit. But how can this men's World Cup in 2026 positively affect uh, opportunities for women or women's soccer here locally and the development of that even without you know us being in a bid cycle or hosting actually on the books a a women's world cup
2: soccer as as a relatively new i guess we could still say that now even though you know it's been around professionally on the men's side at least for 50 years here in the united states um it's still relatively new so what happens is that when we talk about soccer and the development of the game and it's and it's cultural heft we don't really identify exactly between men's and women's now there's certainly some uh, there's certainly reasons to look at those things independently, but I think we just talk about soccer generally, you know, when, for all my life, people have asked the question, media have asked the question, when will soccer make it? It's always sort of a simplified question. And, and it's not really a good question for first for generalists to ask, but they're not asking about men's soccer or women's soccer. They say, when will soccer make it? So I think, it, uh, in talking about a world cup, uh, anything that increases the interest of the game. Uh, in this bigger way, we'll, will will boost the interest in the women's game as well. And, and by the way, like, you know, you, you, of course, you know, Monica, the, the United States has already hosted uh, women's. two women's world cups. It's, it, it's been a while. And then of course, our neighbors to the North hosted in 2015. Um, but all along the United States has been a, a leader in, in women's soccer. And I think that's one thing You know, I'm especially proud of. I, I, I was on the, I was in, it was in the stadium the day that uh, the 1999 final, the Brandy Chastain, uh, uh, you know, and Brianna Scurry, the one when they sort of combined to to win the penalty kick, and then the famous picture of Brandy Chastain celebrating. So, soccer in general will will get boosted by the World Cup in 2026 regionally and nationally, and that can only assist the women's game, I believe.
0: Steve, for our our you know Dallas Fort Worth sports fans who may not be soccer fans, now they know this is coming in 2026. They've got four years to get ready give us two or three things that a, that would help someone understand what should they watch, listen to read to help understand how big this is and, and and to enhance their enjoyment of it.
2: Oh gosh. Uh, You know, they could always watch uh, Mark Falwell and I on the uh, FC Dallas broadcast to learn a little (laughs) bit more about the game. We're always doing our best to, uh, to to bring a little bit more insight. Uh, So that's, that's one way. Um, Gosh, what could they do to, I, I think just, Find a soccer league that you like. Uh, hopefully it's Major League Soccer, you know, support your local team, but find another soccer team that's, uh, you know, just adopt adopt a team in England in the Premier League or, you know, if you want, in La Liga or in the Bundesliga, you know, uh, adopt uh, Augsburg uh, or Ricardo Pepe, you know, the FC Dallas product now plays. You know, just adopt one of these teams and just dive in. Um, you know, I always say about, um, I always say about, like, auto racing formula one or, or you know the whatever nascar that you like if you just watch a bunch of cars go around the track it's not going to mean anything to you but if you know the story of one driver and their team it's going to mean a lot more so i think it's very similar here just find a team that you like understand how international soccer works and that you know you've got the club game that's you know your your uh the individual city teams And then you've got the international game. And I think that's a little different to how we operate here in the United States. You know, we have, for instance, NBA's. you know, but once every four years we have, you know, whatever version of the dream team goes, you know, so the international club uh, connection isn't quite as strong in, in American sports. And of course in American football, there's nothing like that. So this international and club, you know, what we call club and country connection is very unique to soccer. So, by adopting a team like that, you'll sort, of, uh, you, you'll sort of dive into the world of international soccer as well. So maybe that's the best thing they could do if, if they're a little bit new to the sport. And also you will start to understand the passion because if you just look at if you just look at the Premier League games on, on Saturday morning, it's not going to mean anything to you. But if it really means something, if you understand that Tottenham and Arsenal have a big rivalry, all of a sudden you understand. So that 1-0 game is just a 1-0 game to you where there's only one goal it becomes a very tense thing and full of drama that you're watching because you really want, you're really invested in one of those teams. So maybe that's a, maybe that's a good start for people.
0: And and last thing before we lob it back to Monica, Steve is, is, you know, you have, you've worked with her, you've seen her, you've helped out on this effort in a big way since 2017 and and Monica will blush, but, but, but give our listeners a sense of what that moment was like on June 16th, when it became official at AT AT&T, uh, discovery plaza uh, and, and maybe what it meant what you saw with monica in the effort that she had put in, in leading this uh just charged to, to make this a reality
2: well it, it, yeah monica uh top of that mountain but yourself gina miller dan hunt look i saw how, uh, how hard you guys worked at this and uh, and you guys all understood immediately what was on the line i think if you're just a dallas sports observer you hear about the ball cup and hey it'd be great and and whatever, but but you guys were so much more invested, and I and I saw how hard all of you guys worked. And you know, look, I I don't want to embarrass Monica, but I, I saw her that day, and and I, I could just see, you know, that I could see almost the exhaustion because I know how hard she worked on that thing, and how much uh, she deserved a few days at the lake house uh, after that. So, and, and I hope, by the way, people in Dallas, uh, people in Dallas business, people in Dallas sports, hope they appreciate what that was all about and how hard you guys worked at that. Because look, if you think Dallas was always in a good position, that's mostly about the stadium, but it's also about the, you know, geography you know all the, all the things we talked about. Dallas was always in a good position, but if you think that's just a uh, check the box kind of thing, ask people right now in Washington, DC, if that's a check the box kind of thing because they, you know, you would have thought, I mean, every, almost every world cup to capital city is involved, but their bid had holes in it. And, you know, people like Monica worked, very hard to make sure there were no holes, check the box, check it again, and then check it again. Uh, and that's how you get a world cup bid. And by the way, probably not just four games as I, you know, four to five games, maybe as, as I suspect some cities will have, some venues will have, but I suspect um, maybe six games, including semifinal and who even, who even knows. I think we have, have I told you guys a story about 2018 and 22 in San Diego Did I tell you that story last time? tell us again so that's <laughs> good good call monica uh so suno gladi was u.s soccer president back then and he was head of the uh, u.s Soccer uh, u.s bid um for the 2018 and 2022 world cups eventually those went to somehow as we all know it's fifa it's weird that that, that went to uh Qatar and to uh, to russia in 2018 and Qatar in 22 well everybody sort of thought at the time England was a favorite for 18 and the United States, they sort of made a gentleman's agreement. I think that England, 18, United States, 22, Sunil Gulati told me, and he, you know, he knows me a little bit. um, He knows my partner, Stefano. So we've always had a good relationship. Um, He said, Steve, I'm going to recommend the final. will be in Dallas. This was in, this was back in uh, 2012 or 13, something like that uh, before all this was getting settled. And I said, well, Sunil, you're going to recommend it, but does that mean it's, but it's not your choice, right? It's FIFA's choice. And he, he sort of shot back at me, he said, "Steve, it's my choice. I mean, yes, they have to approve, but I, but I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna recommend it's there." And it was all about the capacity. He sort of started explaining the numbers and, you know, how much you, know, how much it would mean, and all this, and the air conditioning, and and he said, "I'm recommending the final go to Dallas." You know that if we get the World Cup. Now, look, that was before MetLife and SoFi, uh, the stadiums in New York and, and LA that have been selected. That was before they came online. So I think the competition is a little stiffer now, but, but I just, I, I, and I told that story before, but I think it's lost on some people that if the World Cup had come here in one of those years, I think Dallas uh, would have gotten the final. Arlington Dallas ATT stadium would have gotten the final.
1: I would agree. I would, I I would agree. Well, Steve, um, thank you for joining us. Obviously it was a, a big, big, uh, week. Um, in terms of the announcement, very thankful for what that announcement uh, was. Uh, Glad that we have taken that next step. And obviously we all have a lot more work to do in trying to determine how many matches there are that we're gonna be hosting and just the other opportunities that that exist out there from International Broadcast Center and then really getting all cities uh, integrated into the planning of this uh, to be able to welcome the world to Dallas.
2: Well, I have every confidence. You guys in charge, uh, Dallas will participate at, at, at the great, at the highest level possible. I know you guys will get that done.
1: All right. Well, Steve, I'm sure we'll be talking to you later on uh, um, as the, this World Cup uh, project progresses. But thanks for joining us today. And now I'm going to throw it over to Rachel for a word from one of our sponsors. <laughs>
0: Did you know the Dallas Zoo provides guests with real-life opportunities to make memorable connections with more than 2,000 animals? Please support the zoo's mission to inspire and empower action on behalf of the wildlife in Texas and around the world. Visit DallasZoo.com to purchase your tickets today. Thanks, Rachel. And now we are so pleased to welcome to the Mic Drop, Eric Mora, the sports director and anchor at Telemundo 39 since 2013. Eric, welcome to the uh, Mic Drop.
3: Uh, thank you so much. It is a pleasure for me to be able to be here and talk to you guys about an amazing topic—the World Cup, which I mean—it seems to be four years. It's too many years, but let's be honest—we're uh, gonna close the eyes, and the next day the World Cup will be here. So, thank you for having me.
0: You're you're welcome. It will definitely be here before we know it. Mm. Time time is just jamming by. So, what right. do you think? We just heard from from uh, Steve Davis. What do you think World Cup being here in four years will mean for for soccer in the region?
3: It'll be huge. I mean, let's let's uh, let's just go back to 1994 for the first World Cup here in the United States, and soccer was like uh, nobody used to play soccer; just a few people knew about this sport. And after the World Cup, it just became a well-known sport. Right now, soccer is being known known as one of the uh, favorite uh sports within the hispanic community and how many hispanics we have here in the metro- metroplex but i just want to share my experience in the last world cup in russia I-, I had the honor to be able to be there covering the world cup for for telemundo and the different stations with- within telemundo and it was such an amazing experience i mean i have been covering super bowls i've been covering uh world series uh nba finals uh Liga mx finals but let me tell you that the world cup has something special i mean it's really difficult to explain in words to put it in words but being in a world cup it's such a unique experience i mean the the uh, what what you're able to feel what you're able to sense the people that you're able to meet And the whole chemistry within the different nations, it's just something amazing. And let's put it this way, I have two kids. One is four years old and the other one is um, eight years old. By the time the World Cup gets here, and if they're able to come to the stadiums and see the games and sense the, the atmosphere, I'm pretty sure they will like to play soccer. And that's going to happen with a lot of kids here in the United States. I mean, they're just going to feel something magic because that's the word, something magic in the stadiums that they will like to play soccer. Even people that don't like soccer, if they go to the stadiums, they will be able to, to feel something different. So it's going to be huge for for the city. It's going to be huge for the fans, for the media. It's going to be a whole new experience nothing compared to 1994 trust me about that
1: well eric i have to agree with you i also had the chance to go to russia in uh, 2018 just for like three very very quick days uh around the final <laughs> and i've been to many many sporting events olympics and super bowls and nba all-star games and i was blown away at uh what what the world cup was and the passion there so um very very excited to be able to have this opportunity here for our residents here within dfw to even if they're soccer fans or not just to be able to mm-hmm. share in this and the the the, the, the visitors that are going to be coming in uh to the metroplex and what we're going to be able to basically open up our home and share that with uh with the world i think is is pretty special or definitely one of the benefits of of a world cup but so eric it's I think, you know, soccer, number one sport for, for your viewers. Um, what will having the World Cup here mean to our Hispanic community here? Uh, how does that? Uh, how will that affect them and, and change? And what can we do leading up to the World Cup to even further enhance that?
3: Yeah, before, before I answer this question, you just made me remind. I just remember uh, one experience that I had in Russia. I went to eight games in Russia. Wow. Uh, I traveled to around uh, the country. I was one of the crews that I was traveling around the country, following different, uh, not teams, but different uh, games. And I remember this experience, and, and it was in the semifinal, I guess, if if I don't, if if, if I remember it correct. Uh, I remember I was in the stadium. I was in Saint Petersburg. And um, after 25 days uh, of being in Russia, I remember watching, I was, I was watching the game and suddenly I started feeling the stadium kind of like shaking, moving, you know, and then I saw all the people stand on their, on their feet, jumping all together, they were hugging. And I can guarantee you that not even 5% of the people in the stadium were from Russia. They were from all different countries and they were jumping and singing all at the same time. And suddenly I saw myself and I, 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 I saw myself on tears. I was crying and it was just, I was just feeling something that I never felt before. Never in not even in in in, the, in a Super Bowl, so that's basically what the World Cup means and answering your question, uh yes I mean uh, our hispanic community uh for for telemundo or audience are hispanics are mainly from Mexico, a lot of people from uh Central America from South America, and let's be honest, the number one sport. In those countries, is is yep. soccer right now? Of course, uh, we cover a lot of uh, the Mexican league. Even if their, even if our audience or or, or friends from Mexico are away, are really far away from their country, they still follow their soccer league. Not only the people from Mexico, also people from other uh, Central America or South America countries. So for them to be able to See a World Cup here in Dallas or here in the United States will be amazing. The last World Cup they were able maybe to attend was 1994 or in Mexico in, in 1986. So it's been such a long, long period of time in which they cannot, they, they were not able to go to a, a, a World Cup match. So it's going to be huge. I mean, once again, people will be able to come to these stadiums. And I was just uh, listening to your previous guest. Definitely, AT&T Stadium will be one of the most or or one of the favorite stadiums to to host the final. And let's just put it this way. If you go to a Dallas Cowboys game, 50% of the audience in there are Hispanics or at least uh, people with uh, Mexican or, or, or Hispanic descent. So it'll be huge. It'll be huge. Just go to the different fields here in the United States or the different field soccer fields here in, in, in Dallas. And most of the people are Hispanics. So trust me, they will go to the games. They will leave the game. They will feel the game and they will make a whole party here in the Metroplex. It, it, it will be amazing.
1: So Eric, before I turn it back over to Sally, you want to make a uh, prediction of all right. How many matches might we have here? Uh, We'll be we be hosting that final. I'll give you an idea. We, we're not going to know for a while now. We found that out uh, with uh, in our FIFA meetings in in New York. So it's you know best opportunity, best timeline might be mid twenty twenty three that we'd have a clue in terms of number of matches and uh, who's hosting the final or semi. But just uh, mm-hmm. if you're if you're putting a guess out there, willing to share?
3: I, I mean. Something is what I would like to have. I would like to have six games in here and the final, of course. Uh, I know it, it's kind of, uh, it, it might be tough to have uh, so many different games because there's a lot of cities here in the United States, 11 cities for 44 games, if I had 40 games, I guess. So it'll be difficult to have six, but I would say four or five games, definitely. I definitely see Dallas as one of the favorite uh, cities. The AT&T Stadium, is just an amazing venue. I mean, I I had the chance to be in Sofite Stadium for the last uh, uh, Super Bowl. And it's a really beautiful stadium, let's let's just uh, be honest. But there is nothing compared to the AT&T Stadium the at t stadium is uh beautiful it's great i mean it's in in on Arlington you have so many cities so so many stadiums so many so so many parking lots so many things around the the stadium so i see the stadium being the host for the final why not i mean but I would like to say five games here in dallas that would be a good number what do you think
1: i'm I'm going yeah. the six to eight um really or, yes six i'm to eight. I, you know, they, they say every now and then I go for the jugular. I'm, I'm ready to go six to eight, uh, on this, including the final.
3: I'm with you. I'm with you. And I will, I I will support you if you, if you, (laughs) if you want to have eight, 10 games. I mean, I would love that.
0: (laughs) We know how competitive Monica is Eric. So this doesn't surprise me that she's, she's, she's going with the over. Uh, This is the portion of the mic drop Eric, where we ask our media guests to mm-hmm. give us a recommendation something you're downloading or streaming could be book music mm-hmm. tv radio podcast. what do you have for us this week
3: well uh that's a good question um i like to watch a lot of movies to be honest with you mm-hmm. uh i watch a lot of movies and and not only about soccer uh, i watch movies about all different sports I have, uh, for example, I just watched uh, the movie Hustle, I guess, with Ben Affleck. I mean, right. it was such an amazing movie. Uh, I recently uh, watched uh, the movie Pelé, uh, which talks about the history of this legend uh, from Brazil. And it was a really good good movie. I mean, it explains to you how Pelé uh, was when he was a child, how he started playing soccer, the condition in which he started playing soccer. And and it makes me laugh because right now sometimes you just talk to different soccer players and they're like, now this field, they're complaining about the, the conditions of the different fields and, and, and the grass and all that stuff. And and if you see where Pelé was training, where he grew up playing, I mean, come on. I mean, you can't complain about the different conditions on, on, on the fields. So that's a really good movie to watch. Uh, um, Also, which one, Uh, 12 Mighty Orphans. I don't know if you hear about it. It's a really, really good, really good movie. And um, talking about books. Well, I'm reading a book right now, which is, uh, it's in Spanish. In Spanish, and the name of it is uh, football or soccer, between soccer, balls, and values. And it uh, tells you how soccer, is a really good um, sport that teaches a lot of values to not even just as a soccer player but in your life as well and also it tells you the different values that are being uh that are going on in the sport good values and not really good values as well so so those are the things that's the book that i'm reading right now Uh, and those are kind of the movies that i like a lot
0: no, all, all good recommendations you know the 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 movie that you mentioned uh uh pele only mm-hmm. player to play in to win three world cups 1958 1962 and 1970 seems like a long time ago but when you consider that he scored 77 goals for brazil mm-hmm. uh in in world cup competition over 92 games it's mind-blowing so i think that's a great recommendation eric for our our listeners to get in the spirit of of preparing the next four years for what what world Cup could uh, could be. What do, what do you got, Marcus?
2: I'm on the same boat. Uh, Hustle. I, I recommend it to you guys. And I'm going to recommend it again. I feel like it's going to be a, a reoccurring guest one now. Um, and I, I think it's a good one.
0: Yeah. Hustle is going to become the new Ted Lasso where we had guest after guest. And by the way, uh, Eric, many months ago, I recommended uh, 12 Mighty Orphans. I'm with, right with you there. That's a good one. Uh, that's a not a not a great movie, but it's a great story, and it's it's worth mm-hmm. watching. And 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 I will uh, I'll I'll triple down on hustle when uh, when I recommended a few weeks ago or uh, several weeks ago now uh, the movie Coda, which stands for Children of Deaf Adults. I said, pull the car over, call in sick, go home, and watch this movie on Apple TV Plus. Well, I feel the same way for basketball fans about the movie Hustle. Uh, I would just add to to what Marcus and Eric have said that there are many Mavericks connections. Mark Cuban has a cameo. Mm -hmm. Dirk Dirk Nowitzki has a very funny cameo. Luca pops up. But I want to call your attention to to Mavericks assistant coach Greg St. Jean, who next week will be the head coach uh, beginning next week will be leading the Mavericks summer league team in Las Vegas. Uh, uh, He has, he plays a very pivotal part in a basketball scene with a speaking part with with uh adam sandler so it's a fun movie uh some of the basketball things that may not be entirely uh, accurate uh juancho ernan gomez does a phenomenal job there's i'll tell you anthony edwards of the minnesota timberwolves i didn't know as i watched it that that was anthony edwards i thought it was an, a, a professional actor he is fantastic so if you're a basketball fan uh watch yeah. hustle stream it on netflix get to it and, and you will you will you will enjoy it. And you so, know
3: what? A lot of people might think that it will be a, a funny movie, funny movie, because Adam Sandler is just he used to do those kind of movies, sometimes a little bit, uh, you know. But <laughs> it's not like that. I mean, he he plays such an amazing role. I mean, he took the, the his his uh character really, really serious, and it just shows you how the reality of a a a People that is looking for talent around the world might leave. I mean, it's not that simple. It's not that easy. It's something that we never see and that we are not aware of. But uh, yeah, it's a really, really good movie, and Adam Sandler did an amazing, um, an amazing role on it.
0: Yeah, he, he did. So one, one last thing, Eric, before we let you go, Steve Davis made what I thought was an excellent suggestion. If you're not a soccer fan, you know, adopt a team. You know, follow FC Dallas for sure. Start there. But maybe adopt a team in a, in another league. Uh, he mentioned the Bundesliga. He mentioned the Premier League. But you know, so let's talk about Liga MX for 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 a second. So, who, <laughs> who do you have a team, a favorite team?
3: Yes, but, yes, but I who, do.
0: Okay, so we're so Mike Drop. We're going to adopt your team. So tell us about your favorite team in in uh, in Liga MX.
3: Yeah, my favorite my favorite team is uh, Club America. Okay, and I know I'm going to have a lot of haters in there. <laughs> Because at Club America, either you love him or you hate him. But um, I, I I do remember when I became a fan of Club America. And I was really, really young. I was maybe like seven years old or maybe younger than that. And my, my cousins, they brought me to this uh, stadium in Veracruz, Mexico. Okay, Luis Pirata Fuente. It's a, a really old stadium. But uh, I remember w- going over there with them. They were fans of Club Veracruz. And we were with uh, with the fans of the Veracruz team and they were all cheating. And, and Club America won the game, 1-0. And I was like, okay, cool. The second, the, the second game that I went to in Mexico was a uh, Club America versus Veracruz in Estadio Azteca, in Azteca Stadium. And Club America won a game, okay, 1-0. And the third game that I went to it was Club America versus Pumas. And it was a tight game, 2-2. In, in Azteca stadium and from then on i just started cheering for club america so uh, i i i mean i'm a fan i don't cry when they lose i mean i don't go to the you know to the extreme opposite of you know crying or being mad all day long because of the because of the way they played. but I, I go for club america
0: well, we will, too. Uh, not to, uh, you know, I, I, Sometimes I speak for Monica, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to adopt Club America as well uh, as I try to you know, get more immersed as we head toward 2026. So on behalf of Monica Paul, Dallas Sports Commission, thanks to Eric Moore and our other guest this week, Steve Davis, for joining us. Hearty congratulations to, uh, to Monica and all the success of our landing and all those who helped her with FC Dallas and across the soccer community. Uh, to land the FIFA 2026 uh, World Cup. Thanks to the Mic Drop production team, Daniel Whitelaw pescura Marcus Carr, and Reeves Eddins. Thanks to Renit Vocal, our showrunner, Tony Faye. Until next time, thanks for listening, everybody.